Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it sometimes for me it's also too good to be true, now. But it, we've done it a few times already recently. Um, Palawan was uh, we sold one billion, uh, actually one day uh, of units. So one day. Uh, we had people lining up uh, for it, uh, and then in Cebu we also sold more than two billion in in a week, you know, of a of a new project uh, called uh, uh, Kali 104, which is on the higher end side. So Casamira be, be, being economic to mid-market and we also have high-end here in Cebu and we're able to sell out really in, in record time. Uh, I think my my take, RJ, is the, the market is healthy. It's for the developer to spot the opportunity. Perfect. So it's really, it's really I guess, spotting the opportunity but also establishing a, a very strong brand name. That's, that's helped you get here. What are the other fundamentals that you're also seeing? I mean, it looks like you've got a strong pre-marketing or pre-sales organization to make I mean to to, to I mean to make sure that they were ready to pick up the inventory. And good evening, good morning, good afternoon to wherever you're watching from here in the Philippines and all over the world. And welcome to my podcast, the RJ Ledesma Podcast. In the RJ Ledesma podcast, I interview the country's pioneering and trailblazing business personalities and entrepreneurs to learn more about how they think about doing business. What are their success secrets? Can we replicate those success secrets in our own businesses? How have they innovated? How have they pivoted? How have they evolved their businesses during the pandemic? But more importantly, what business opportunities do they see emerging in the post-new normal? Is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here in the podcast? Please let me know. I would love to learn from them. Just drop me a message. We are also live right now on YouTube, Kumu, CBRC TV, Global Pinas TV, and the Bounce Back Network. Now, tomorrow we'll be holding uh, the annual National Convention of the Subdivision and Housing Developers Association, uh, of which uh, our business, my my uh, family real estate business, is also a member. And I also sit on the board of governors of the Subdivision Housing Developers Association. And tomorrow, I am very, very honored uh, that our next guest has uh, has agreed to be one of our key resource speakers uh, for tomorrow's uh, national convention. And you know, I've had a chance to work with him in the past. I actually hosted uh, their IPO here in Manila. I've had a chance to see their different projects. I've seen them grow strength by strength. And I'm so happy to have him here right now. We, we, tonight, we're going to have our guest, Jose Franco Soberano, who is a director, executive vice president, and chief operations officer of Cebu Landmasters, which is a real estate development company that envisions to provide quality homes for Filipinos every day. 
Cebu Landmasters was founded by his dad, Jose Soberano III, in 2003. And CLI is deeply engaged in real estate projects focused on the Visayas and Mindanao regions in developing 100 projects in different development stages since 2003. They are awarded as the best developer in the Philippines in 2019 and best developer in the Visayas and Mindanao in 2021 by Property Guru Philippine Property Awards. And despite this pandemic, they sustained their reputation as the leading developer with a reliable track record. CLI aims to launch 14 to 18 residential projects yearly. Again, I'll say that again, yearly, uh, starting in 2022. And currently, they have on their roster 67 residential projects, 6 office projects, 10 hotel projects, 8 mixed-use developments, and 3 townships. Truly incredible. Please welcome my good friend. Uh, Franco Soberano. Franco, welcome. Hi, RJ. Uh, good evening. Uh, very happy to be here to chat with you and, of course, to uh, give a lot of insights to our viewers, RJ. And again, Franco, thanks. Maayong gabi. He's watching all the way from uh, Cebu. Cebu, but I have to board a flight to be with you for the Shedda Convention uh, tomorrow. It's a real honor to be one of the speakers uh, to a very esteemed group. So thank you for the invitation. And thanks so much for, for indulging us, Franco, and joining us. And before everything else, you know, uh, we've got people watching from all over the country. Uh, let's show them our, our proud Visayan roots. Can you please greet all our guests watching here right now, especially uh, Boston and the rest of the Philippine homes watching us here right now. Let's greet them in, 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 in uh, Visaya. Sure, sure. Mayang gabi sa atong mga amigo dere. Dakog honor gud nga makastorya ko dere on RJ's podcast. So thank you. Thanks so much. And before everything else, before we talk about business, there is one new title added to your name very recently. And I'm so honored that you are now part of the consular community. Franco Soberano is not just Mr. Franco Soberano. He's now Honorary Consul Franco Soberano of Finland to the Philippines, particularly out of Cebu. Is that correct? That's correct. I was recently appointed. And I'm just really following the footsteps of RJ Ladesma, who is a fellow consul. But yes, I'm, I'm probably one of the youngest here in Cebu and, uh, and Finland's amazing country, one of the happiest countries in the world uh, and with a lot of innovation. So it's happy to be representing them. Well, fantastic. Uh, can I just ask briefly, how did it come about? How did you become the new consul of Finland out of, uh, out of uh, Cebu? <laughs> yes, um, to be very frank, uh, I have no roots in Finland, but uh, our ambassador, um, uh, Ambassador uh, Paiko did his uh, rounds here in Cebu and met, met several members of the business community. Uh, he must have enjoyed uh, his talk with me, or I probably gave him a lot of good uh, insights and a little bit of humor. So he remembered me well. And But I think he saw that uh, I really cared about our city a lot, uh, and, and our company was part of growing the region. So that's probably why he invited me to be one of his honorary cut. Our honorary consuls. So, so onward and upwards, very soon we might, we might see a CLI <laughs> project uh, in Finland. But yeah. we're getting ahead of ourselves, <laughs> if that's the case. No. Let's talk now a bit more about the projects, or, or about the CLI. But here's one big thing, and I'm sure many people, especially those uh, from Philippine homes who are listening here right now, know this one. You know, CLI's first venture uh, out of Visayas and Mindanao is in Palawan. And it's an extremely successful venture, which is Casa Mira. Uh, in Palawan. I have the stats with me here right now, uh, but 
Franco, I want to hear from you. How well are you guys doing uh, out of your first project there in Palawan? And why choose Palawan as your first place to develop in the Luzon area? Well, uh, we really saw Palawan as the closest to Visman. If you look at in the map, it's on the same uh, latitude as, um, uh, you know, Palawan is actually uh, geographically very close to Visman. And we saw an opportunity. There, There is a very... Um, strong emerging economy not just for tourism but there's actually a very it's a very strong economic and educational hub in Puerto Princesa and we didn't see a lot of supply I think there were just two condo developments in the entire island of Palawan imagine two and uh, we bring wow. our bring our uh, product line called Casamira that is the most generous type of condo and um, caters to really the I would say value for money market. So when we launched this just two weeks ago, it's already more than 80% taken up. Um, and, and we sold wow. more than a billion uh, of, of, of units there for a first-time player in that market. Uh, but we thank those uh, um, supporters of ours like uh, Filipino Homes who have uh, their big team there who really helped to introduce us to, to the market. Uh, this is what's mind-blowing that many people cannot seem to pass up. I mean, here in Luzon, it's, it's not... I mean, at least here in Manila, it's not that imaginable for you to sell that fast in such a short period of time. But can you tell us again, just how many were you able to sell in such a short period of time? And how are you yeah. able... I mean, developers of Manila would love to see how can we replicate what you did over there? Yeah, it's... Uh, you know, it sometimes for me, it's also too good to be true now. But it, we've done it a few times already recently. Um Palawan was, uh, we sold 1 billion uh, in actually one day uh, of units. So one day. Uh, we had people lining up uh, for it. Uh, and then in Cebu, we also sold more than 2 billion in, in a week you know, of, a, of a new project uh, called uh, uh, Kalia 104, which is on the higher end side. So Casamira be, be being economic to mid-market and we also have high end here in Cebu and we're able to sell out really in, in record time. I think my my take, RJ, it's the the market is healthy. It's for the developer to spot the opportunity. Perfect. So it's really it's really I guess spotting the opportunity, but also establishing a, a very strong brand name. That's that's helped you get here. What are the other fundamentals that you're also seeing? I mean, it looks like you've got a strong pre-marketing or pre-sales organization to make. I mean, to to, to I mean to make sure that they were ready to pick up the inventory. Right. Interestingly, CLI, we're already uh, at 100, 100 projects developed. And in those 100 projects, we actually don't have an in-house sales team, RJ. No? Uh, mm -hmm. It's one of those uh, weird but very amusing facts about CLI. We actually don't have an in-house sales team. So we depend on the, the brokerage community, the sales community all over the country to uh, promote us. I think what has... So what, what that does is create really a culture of uh, collaboration, a good culture of partnership with our brokers and, and sellers. Because, you know, we take care of them, meaning equip them with the inventory, uh, good servicing, good pricing, and, and they take care of the rest. But what probably helped us is we have proven that when we, when we complete the project, these are, you know, uh, very sincerely developed, uh, meeting the expectations or delivering better than than what was expected, because I think that's where the brokers say, "Oh, 
I will sell CLI because they've always met their commitments now when the projects are completed. Because pre-selling is just, you know, 5% of the, of the ball game. There's 95% we have to prove, no? In construction, in, in servicing the account. And, you know, brokers know that we walk our talk, <laughs> RJ. No, and, and we've done this in 15, 16 different cities already in the country. Yeah. And talking about walking your talk, I, I remember one of the most prominent things. And I want to say hi here right now. Shout out to Anthony Orais, Lutero Boston, saying hello, boss, over there. Mike, can we pick up the comment of Boston? Thanks so much, Boston, uh, the president of uh, Filipino Homes. Uh, listen to us here right now. I think in that company, Mike, you comment the Boston. But anyway, he says hello, boss. No, I, I want to just ask him. I want to point out, I recall that, you know, when, when the, there you go, hello, boss. But when, when one of the, I forget which typhoon that struck the country, uh, which which tore away a lot of the homes in Cebu. One of the ones that were left standing very strong was was uh, was from Cebu Landmasters. Is that correct? You know, that was really the first time we had a 300 kilometer per hour uh, uh, typhoon, no, uh, in a long time. Or the last time was in 1990, 1991. And I was in Manila when there was a very strong typhoon approaching, no. It, it re- but it was slowed down, thankfully, uh, when it when it hit land. But ours, it really uh, grew in speed. So some most of our projects were spared, but there were definitely in the higher elevated areas where roofs were really damaged. But I think the thing we did there was, even for projects that we built 20 years ago, 15 years ago, we made a pledge to repair roofs for free. Uh, so we Bravo. spent... Uh, I guess now looking back, we spent 50 million repairing uh, roofs for free, no. Even if these were beyond warranty, but it was part of our way of, you know, for for our homeowners to bounce back quickly. It was you now being with them in in recovery. So I think we were the one of the few or the only ones who made that gesture, and and we're very proud to to do that. Well, and then, and that, sort of, that sort of goes beyond, beyond the mandate. And I remember reading in the company profile that the roots of, of the company are really rooted on faith and family, which for me is very key. I mean, not, not all companies yeah. would have gone yes, the yeah. extra mile. Yeah. I'm just curious. I mean, I'm asking, why why did you have to go the extra mile even if there are no more warranties? What was that? What motivated you to go beyond what, what you had to do? Yeah, it's just really the right thing to do. Uh, it goes back to values no, of our family. Uh, my father, my mother are... Uh, very God-fearing, very selfless uh, people. And this, they raised uh, m- me and my siblings quite well. So the day after the typhoon, when we received reports of no, uh, of our residents losing some roofs or getting damaged roofs, so it was very almost like an instant idea. Na, let's, let's repair it for free. Now, it might take time for them to claim their insurance or get their um, I think uh, insurance support from Pag-ibig, which in fact is true. No, most of them got it six months mm-hmm. after. Well, so so yeah, it, it's values and uh, generosity. And for CLI, it's very automatic in a way. No, uh, the Atenean part of it was yeah. RJ. <laughs> yeah, uh, fantastic. Truly, a, truly a man for others is coming to play over here. And what I like over here is it says, I want to just say again, uh, Boston, Anthony Orais, Lutero saying over here in the comment box, Mike, no, we are always, we are here to support always uh, Cebu Landmasters. Thanks so much, uh, Boston. No? Uh, the comment, there you go. 
But I want this the interesting thing for those listening here right now. You might be curious, but you, people are telling me where they're watching us from, and they're literally watching us from all over the country where the different projects of CLIR. We've got people from Anaga City in Kamsur watching. I have people listening also all the way from, uh, uh, we've got from Jensan, uh, we've got from Palawan, we've got from Lapu Lapu City, uh, we have from Bohol, we have from Cagayan de Oro. Uh, so literally, people, uh, we've got from Davao here as well. And these are people selling. Uh, the projects of CLI all over the country. So, guys, thanks so much uh, for your show of support. Um, having said this one, I want to move on to another, another interesting thing that's just happened for for uh, for Simulan Masters is that you guys were just approved uh, for to, for your bond for your bond offering. Uh, I think that's to the tune of uh, is it five billion uh, pesos? Is that right? Yes, yes. We had our inag our maiden retail bond, uh, and we we were able to raise uh, five billion. So. Uh, I'm actually going to go to Manila also for uh, a bond listing ceremony at EDEC. So I'll be there to... It, it's not like an IPO, but it's still very significant for us because it's our maiden. So we'll be ringing a, a bell to to list our bonds on, on, on the PDEX. And then, you know, that, that, five billion, that, that five billion will go into project development to accelerate our projects and, of course, to position ourselves in uh, you know, new markets. Yeah. And having said this one, I just want to emphasize to other people, no, uh, especially for the first timers listening to business uh, and trying to pick it up. What is the importance that you were able to secure approval for the bond offering? What does that say about a company when it's able to do something like that? Yes, it no, it says that we're very credible. Of course, uh, we had to go through a lot of um, uh, screening by our regulators, especially like SEC. So it's part of. Uh, of, of being a publicly listed company, uh, we are able to uh, issue bonds. But before we issue bonds, we have to have a good credit rating, of course. We have to good, have good financial performance. And in the use of these bonds, we have to be very clear about what these are for. And it's very clear. It's really to develop our projects well, to develop our projects better, to give more inventory to my friends like Boston. <laughs> exactly. And we're having people also watching all the way from Bacolod, of course, from Misamis Oriental CDO and also from uh, Bacoor City in Cavite. And not only that, one, I don't know if this is a revelation, but uh, Boss Anthony Orais Lutero at 617 said, CLI is also now expanding to Butuan very soon. Is that correct? Yes, we, uh, we, acquired, uh, we acquired a property there a few months ago. So expect that to, to be launched or, or Casamira in Butuan by early next year. Fantastic. So, so there's, there's some new markets we're really looking at, RJ, as I said. We, uh, we we never stopped development during the pandemic. We kept pushing, so we're able to bring new projects. I think that's what happened to us since we kept on persevering during the pandemic. Meaning we didn't slow down. We actually sped up during the pandemic. That's why we we are one of the developers that have a lot of uh, launches launches now in 22. Having said that, this is very interesting here. It was a bit counterintuitive. I mean, for other develop, I mean, for other people, they would stop. Uh, but on your part. CLI decided to say, let's speed up the projects. I mean, the other people who, who did the same thing were people like uh, Bud Wenceslao of Asiano, who was also here on the show. Same strategy for them uh, to pursue. Why, why did you, what, what was the, the sort of like the decision point to, to speed up? And also, what was the pandemic pivot that you guys had to do? I know that uh, there was a project that almost sold a billion pesos in less than a week as well during the pandemic for CLI. Um, what did you have to do differently? Or what did you do more of? To get it going, so let's start off with wh why continue development during the time. What did you guys see that maybe others weren't seeing at the time? 
Yeah, I remember very well. Um, wow, it's like uh, ages ago, no? But that was just two years ago. Yeah, I know. But I think I remember very well that uh, we needed to support the industry. So, you know, we, we were, we needed to first support clients. You know, clients still needed their homes to be delivered. Uh, two brokers needed, you know, their livelihoods to be secured. Suppliers needed to be paid. Construction workers needed jobs. So there was that realization where if we stop, so many will suffer, right? So, you know, we, we I remember, uh, and I think I told you the story that during the height of pandemic in April, we, we asked some of, uh, 10 of our accounting staff to live in the office so that we could keep, we could still release commissions to brokers. And then, uh, you know, we were <laughs> probably the ones calling uh, brokers or, no, hey, your your checks are ready, or we can deposit this for you because nobody could, could go out. And then that, that's when we realized that there were still so many uh, buyers looking for homes, especially that the pandemic uh, opened the eyes to people about the the really need for, for a home investment. So so that really propelled us. We sold more homes in, in 2020 and 21 than in, in pre-pandemic years. And and actually this year we're on track to to have our best year in, in our in our in our history. We're we're uh, uh, on track to hit 20 billion of sales this year wow. of new reservations. Yes. Fantastic. Bravo yeah. on a great job over there. And just wanted to ask, what is sort of did you have any sort of pandemic pivot that you guys did uh in terms of I mean oh, yes. did you just pricing? Yeah. What did you what did you do? What did you guys do? Of course, uh of course a lot of virtual, uh a lot of you know reservation processes that were online, a lot of uh, trainings online. Uh, making payment terms more flexible, uh, going from, uh, you know, from your, the usual seven to eight thousand per month to as low as four to five thousand uh, per month. So, so, so many, so many pivots. But uh, the main strategy was really how to be more flexible is, is what what we did, and of course more flexible, but same time accessible. So we were really accessible online, and and uh, the good thing with CLI is. We really set up regional offices. We're also physically present as well in all our locations. Like I, I you have some viewers, viewers from Cagayan, Bacolod. Uh, we were present uh, all over. What is the biggest insight? I'm just curious. What is the biggest insight that you gained and the company gained as a result of the, the pandemic that, that will continue to stay with the company? You know, <laughs> I think because, you know, who knows? Not There might be more challenges in the future. I mean... Uh, whether we're a small developer or a big developer, there will always be challenges. We we went through a, a health crisis and now we're going through an inflation crisis. Mm -hmm. There will always be challenges, but I think the insight is uh, we have to pivot fast, meaning we have to come together as a leadership team to not sit back and relax. No, We have to sit down and, and, and get to work. So I think what we did very quickly there was just one week, of, of hard lockdown, we have to re-strategize. No, what, what can we do? I think we have to respond very fast or come up with new strategies to address these new challenges. I, I think that's the, the the most general but most effective type of answer I, I have for our viewers. And uh, Boss Franco, since you're talking about finding other new areas where you can replicate the Casamira model, at least the model for development that you've been doing, where the geography and the socioeconomic conditions are almost similar to Cebu, uh, from yeah. his, uh, from his uh, 
our, our big boss from uh, Kamsur, Lilibet Kata Altur. Kamsur is waiting also for projects uh, of CLI. Uh, well, can, they, can they also look for? Can they also look forward to something over there? And uh, you got people watching from Legazpi City. Albay, what, what, what can you say about uh, those areas? You know what's interesting is I think by next year will be 20 years in the industry. So uh, we've always said that we're still in Bismin, but my father, our our founder, Mr. Joe, told me to decide when we would be really in, in Luzon. Now, because Palawan, I would say it's not sell, still not the heart of Luzon, but I would see ourselves in three to five years or sooner um, in Luzon. No? And, and it will start with... Uh, of course, outside Metro Manila, where we can bring our value for money type of developments. Uh, I think Kamsur is a great market. Bicol is a great market. Batangas is a great market. We also so who knows? I will be asking you sooner. Yeah. In, uh, in uh, Jensan also. Sabi ni Boston or, or on Penny Horizon there. Jensan also, boss. <laughs> Actually, we're, uh, I have a, uh, my team is going there sometime this week to check out a few sites. So we've been, we were supposed to be there three years ago. So we're actually three years late. Uh, so it's going to happen soon. Um, in real estate, it requires a good discipline. No? We need to get the best location. And uh, we almost had one I think, three or four years ago. So who knows? This is going to happen uh, very soon in Jensan. So we really love Jensan. Uh, we know we can do very well there. Well, not just with one project, but multiple projects. I love it. I, like, I, I just love how eager people are. Uh, listening to here right now uh, on the on, uh, here on our chat box. Thanks so much for everybody participating. If you got questions you want to ask Boss Franco, uh, please let me know. This time around, I want to take uh, a little bit of a time travel. Let's go back a bit more. You talk about the twenty years that you're celebrating, uh, Franco. But I want to go back a bit more. You know, um, you know, real estate development can be commoditized. I mean, there's a lot of developers, uh, you know, and they don't they don't emerge to scale like you. There are many that have closed down, or there are many that, that have been able to grow as fast as you. So, can you just let's let's walk backward now? Let's let's take ourselves back. Just what's the secret origin of how 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 you guys started off here with Sebulan Masters? How did it eventually, uh, you know, uh, grow, become different from other developers? What was the what's the pain point that you first addressed to become this big? Let's start off. How how did you guys begin this company? Wow. That's that's I don't know. What's nice with this podcast, you know, these are good questions that you know that uh, not normally asked in typical interviews. So I'll be happy to <laughs> answer it, RJ. I think it really started with uh, my father and mother, who are really uh, who really love real estate. Real estate, kasi, is the most real uh, type of uh, business where you really uh, can make a difference uh, in in lives, no? Because you're building homes or uh, creating livelihoods. I think it's one of those businesses where the founders or the leaders have to be very good with people. Mm-hmm. No? Uh, have to be very good with people, uh, very sincere with them, who are able to really uh, deliver on, on promises. So the good thing is my dad, as you know, came from Ayala land. So he ha- he's helped set up the subsidiary of Ayala here in Cebu called Cebu Holding. So did um, townships, did some residential projects. And my mom was actually uh, with BPI early in the days. Wow, what a, great, she, what, a great, what a great combination. Uh, of, yeah, so, uh, of, so yeah. I, sorry to interrupt you, but the idea is that yeah. you had people who were both career people. I mean, I mean that's how I look at yeah. it. They're both career yes, people. Yeah. 
and one yes, had yes. a technical background for real development, one had a financial background to start yes, off. Yes, yes. mix, ah. Huh? mix. You know, we're, we just feel blessed. So my father can be aggressive, no? He, he's a dreamer. My mother is very good with uh, her calculator and yellow pad. So yun. And I'm the, <laughs> I'm the result. I'm in the, in the middle. So, so you have an aggressive person. You have a good fiscal... Uh, so I can be aggressive, but I can also take a step back. So, yeah. And of course, my mom also entered into business. So uh, at one point, she was running uh, the, one of the largest expo- exporters of um, uh, fashion accessories. And, uh, it, and we were at one point the third largest here in Cebu. So we were actually exporting fashion accessories. And we had up to 400 or 500 employees at one point. Now, so... You have very good business people who are career professionals and, uh, and you know, they, they. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I really love the people business of, of real estate. No, I think that that's really the, the start. So you can imagine, as you said, the technical know-how of real estate, you know, the most difficult part is finding the good land, getting the right permits, of course, real estate is one of the most capital-intensive businesses, so you need to have discipline, good good accounting, good good transparency. So, yeah, that's the combination at the start. I, I, I'm, I'm yeah. quite curious because, you know, many people who actually watch this one, they ask, sir, when is it a good time to jump from my career moving into the entrepreneurial world? I mean, I'm presuming you, you knew what happened to your, to your folks, but even for yourself, you did move from a corporate career. Back to the family business, yes. and that's for some people. That's not they. They, they don't. They they, yeah. they hazard. They they don't want to enter their family business, right? But then, yes, yes, um, yes. for you, what, what do you think? What made them, I guess, decide that you know? Because you know, that that could there are people who are Ayala lifers, right? They you know, like they can stay there and do their whole lives over there. But what egged them on, I guess, to become to start doing their own uh, real estate development business? Yeah, I, I would say I would say um, you know. I, I don't think, you know, my parents are so humble. I don't think they planned it, no? Uh, it's more of a work in progress because I don't think my parents are so humble. No? I don't think they dreamt of being where they are right now. So they're probably living a dream, no? It, it's what's happening. And uh, of course, they're sharing this dream with all our CLI employees, shareholders. But I think it, it starts with, you know, getting good training and then, uh, having the right mentors, and then, and, and and that paves the way for you to become a successful uh, businessman. No, um, I believe in that. It's training, good education, and then uh, one of the 
the the big ways of growing also in real estate is partnerships also. So we were very lucky to have good joint joint venture partners at, at the start where we didn't have capital. So we partnered with landowners uh, at the early part of CLI. Great. And at least uh, with your dad's technical know-how and your mom's financial savvy, that was a great way to start off the business. Yes, yes, yes. They, they talk real estate in our dinner table, but we didn't mind. So we, we enjoyed listening to them, talking yeah. about Sabisaya is a yuta, no? looking for mga <laughs> lote. <laughs> but I, I guess that's where it starts because like for me, I mean, I come from an entrepreneurial family also. It's the idea that, you know, you, when, when you bring the kids wherever you go, I mean, you don't have to teach them. You can teach them directly or you can teach them through osmosis that they're just exposed to the environment. Like my, my wife and I, we both grew up in entrepreneurial families. So, you know, the hustle is there, whether it's a, it's a weekend or a weekday. It's the same thing for you, right? You're, you're working because that's just that's just how you were how you were brought up. Well, is that the same with you, Taco? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, even when my dad was still with Ayala, he would bring me with him in his developments. Uh, and uh, yeah, even when we were already at the earliest days of CLI, because you know when you go through subdivision properties, these are we look for gems, right? So this might be a bit hidden, one kilometer from the highway. So we we have to look for. Uh, good drainage connection. So we really you know, go through uh, uh, these uh, challenging properties and, and they actually are gem of properties. So yeah, even when I was grade school or, or high school, I, I would join, go with them. Fantastic. So, so actually my son now, I have, I have four kids now, pala RJ. So take my eldest, I bring bring him with me. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> to perfect. properties, yeah. Start, start them young. Over here, I have a comment from Christopher Chua. He says, over here, yeah. CLI is a stock you can keep for a lifetime and it will continue to create value. Owners are serious with their goal of providing quality homes for the Filipino people. And you can hear that straight mismo uh, coming from, from Franco over here. Now, Franco, I want to go again. Let's go back into the journey. Um, how did they start off the projects? Uh, you know, how, how did your dad start getting the momentum to start developing the projects? And, you know, because yeah. like I said, no, you could have just been any other developer. And there are people who are okay with, with development, but there's been sort of like a scaling of you guys. What was that point that you guys were you were going this way, but all of a sudden the developments scaled? So I mean, the, the number of projects that you were doing and the capital going became much larger than you just becoming a, a regular medium-scale developer. Yeah. So I would say uh, in 20, 2009, we realized that Cities like Cebu were rapidly urbanizing. Uh, you know, in 20, 2009, pre-2009, there were just a few vertical projects here in Cebu. So I guess in 2009, that's where we entered the condo development market. And at the time, we, we launched our very first condo in IT Park. It was just 88 units. But for us, that was at, at that point uh, a 500 million peso project. So that was so much. Uh, and oh, yeah. we were, you know, worried. We were, I was saying... If this doesn't work out, I will have to go back to work in Manila to, to go back to my old job. <laughs> but, but you know, it started with good, um, good gut feel. No, it was a very good location, IT Cebu IT Park, very prime. At, at that, uh, uh, and then we priced it very well. At that time, only fifteen people in our whole company, and um, and yeah, it, it sold sold out practically in in a few months. So so that that. Uh, was that uh, so after that it was then another condo and, or uh, with another housing project and we re we just replicated keep replicating it RJ oh, um yeah. you talked about you know going back to your job in Manila I want to just touch on that briefly there are, you know yeah. like, like for yourself right? um 
there are many ways that that I guess pe- people with family businesses how they how they ask their kids to um, I guess enter the business. How is it like for you? Uh, was it something that you wanted to enter also? Like you you worked outside with the purpose of eventually joining the family business, or were you contemplating on just pursuing a career path outside of the family? And your dad just kind of you know dragged you in. What was your what was your story to come into CLI? Yeah, you know, my original goal was to uh, work abroad, uh, become an investment banker abroad. So uh, my so that was the original goal. Uh, I worked, but interestingly, I worked four years for um, a multinational that did a global uh, SAP solution. So I was actually a project manager uh, there, and then I was gonna take my MBA and then work abroad, not to uh, have a good career. But it's one of those, you know, uh, I would say serendipitous uh, and and our business then started doing these condos. No? And I felt, wow, wow, uh, what a big impact we can make there. Uh, a condo can easily hire 1,000 construction workers. It's very exciting. That it's so difficult. And, and it needs a lot of uh, a, a good finance mind also to assemble the funds, to manage the funds. So that attracted me to it. Then, then I said, okay, let, let me let me give it a try to join the business because because we are a very young family business, RJ. You know, we are not a fifth generation, sixth generation conglomerate. So it was basically my dad, mom, and we we, we are all you know uh, entering uncharted territories together. But right now, uh, since that was twelve years ago, we do have a family constitution, so we really require those family members of ours want to join business to work outside first so that they can get a good discipline of being an employee to uh, understand good structured systems of working. So, so we, we, we become a very professional company. Very interesting story. And, and I want to delve into this a bit more because I don't have this a chance to, to, to talk about people yeah. from family businesses that, that for the business to run, right? I mean, one of the advantages and disadvantages uh, of working for a family business is that, you know, it, the, there's a, like you said, no, you, there was some more, must be puso, but there's more compassion, especially like you said, during the, 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 the typhoons where you, where you actually uh, did more than you were supposed to. Um, what do you think was your advantage of being a young, I mean, you would say you were a young company. It, it wasn't necessarily bad because sometimes if you go to companies with a second gen or third gen, that's when things get complicated, right? But what was the advantage of being a close-knit family business for you? Yeah, uh, the advantage, very quick decision-making, meaning... Uh... Uh, to to buy a property, uh, do you like it, Dad? Do you like it, Mom? I like it. Let's go. Let's go for it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, do you like? Huh? Uh, do you like the design? Yes, I like it. Okay, let's go. Uh, let's say. Uh, oh, um, actually, we're one of the first also to uh, share. You know, more incentives also to the brokerage community because they said, you know, let's empower the brokerage community. Let's let's take better care of them. So. We were one of the early ones to, you know, release commission sooner or, or give uh, share more more of, of, of that to the brokers committee. So uh, we're we're very agile, I guess you would say. But in, in real estate, you really have to be fast. No, I think in real estate you cannot one one minute wasted is really is thousands of, of money or opportunity losses. That's the advantage. No, a family who's technically good. Uh, who's financially sound and who has good values uh, can really be a good real estate combination, I would say. 
brought that. And earlier on, you mentioned a very interesting concept, and I'm familiar with it, familiar with it, but maybe not so many people are. No, is the idea of a family constitution. What exactly is a is a family constitution, and why is it important, especially for for companies like yours that are growing quickly? Yeah, uh, family constitution is really, uh, really like a, a moral obligation among family members who want to be part of the family business. Because when you're in a family business, there are rules that. Uh, there are, there might be some unwritten rules, no? Yeah, if you're in a family business, for example, uh, can you, if you're in family business of RJ, can RJ do other businesses as well? So, so for example, baka for some family members, okay lang yan, but meron palang ibang family members, hindi pala pwede yan. So, with the family constitution, you're putting everything in writing so that there is no uh, gray area. And with, with less gray area, you remove any conflicts. No? And, and the family constitution also is when there are conflicts, there are ways to resolve conflict. There are systems in place. There's a mechanism in place for to solve conflict. Yes, right? yes, 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 yes. Correct, correct. So there's, a, there's also uh, you know, rules like can, can in-laws work in the business? So for our constitution, we allow as long as they're qualified. So yeah, but there are also some constitutions who don't allow in-laws to work in a business. So there are these... Uh, Things that are better written than unwritten. Fantastic, fantastic. Thanks, yeah. thanks for sharing that. For for, for others, yeah. you know, I mean, it's it sometimes very important as a foundational principle to, to grow companies because that can be uh, points of irritation or you know contention as as the business grows. Now, uh, with the scale right now of of uh, Sebulan Mas, yeah, and to your own to your own insights and experience, when was that point for you where you said, "Wow, this is a," talagang Malakirato, or or you know, parang well, Sibulan Masters is something that that that's going to get very big. When when did that point come to you when you, when you were working for the families? Yeah, I think when we were preparing for our IPO, uh, RJ, which you hosted in yeah, twenty seventeen. No. Oh. Yeah, because when we are publicly, yeah, we had to really decide. No, are we willing to become a publicly listed company? Because of course, uh, there are many opportunities like we can access capital or debt markets uh, easier because all our records are transparent. But same time, are we really ready to have 10 to 20 projects a year? Are we ready to dedicate the time uh, and, and the emotion to that? So we had to really go through that because we saw our projects were selling well. We were able to deliver actually our projects faster than our peers. So... The IPO really catapulted us to a you know a higher higher level of, of uh, productivity, but but it means also that we've been very busy. It means we've been very busy. Great. Now let's take a look now at um, the lay of the land. I, I want to get a bigger a, a better picture uh, of you guys right now because many of the projects that people I mean people might be listening to the show are familiar with are Luzon centric, right? So they understand here, but then many of them are not seeing. You know, help us better appreciate. What is just the real estate opportunities in, in Visayas and Mindanao where you guys have been working on? And how did you see, you know, how did you choose which products would be ideal for, for these specific areas? We want, we want to go to the mind of, the, of a real estate developer. Yeah, I think just like any business, no? parang you, it's, it starts with supply and demand. Eh? Parang in the business that you're in, how is the demand and how is the supply? So besides Mindanao now is emerging, no? it's developing. So it's really a lot of demand, but supply is lacking. So that's really the basic situation. So 
so when, when that happens and the 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 players here are there are not a lot of players who said Vismin will be my priority no so we are in a way at a natural advantage because Vismin is my priority there is not enough supply in Vismin I have 800 people to deploy and and make sure my projects are built well and right. So so you know RJ, um, you know I was interviewed recently on ANC. You no, know, you know I explained to them, you no, know, why are you still able to sell? You no, know, when you know prices are going up, uh, people are still worried about uncertainty. So yeah, I explained to them, you know, in the first half of 2022, do you know how many condo projects lang in units RJ were launched in the whole island of Cebu? I want you to guess, like how many oh. units in the whole island of Cebu? How many, how many units lang in and the first half? First half of twenty. Oh, this year, this year. Ah, <laughs> oh, five thousand units. Ano lang, less than two thousand, less oh, wow. than two thousand, and we're a city of two million here, an island of five million. How, how that's small, right? And in Sheda, we're gonna talk about one million homes, right, per year. I think we're, we were just able to do 200,000 as, as a whole industry. So, so yun, in, in Cebu, 2,000. In Bacolod, less than 1,000 new units. Ang liit. Ang liit talaga. No? And, and we, we, this is really an eye-opener for the up-and-coming you know, young developers there because there is really opportunity. I think uh, we, we need you. We need, we need more players, good players, who really care about the, the homeowners. To, to be part of the industry, yeah. And I, I'm guessing the one, the one thing right now is, how about the absorption rate? I mean, you're developing the, in, the, in the provinces, but the capacity to pay by is, is present there, or, or do these mostly come from the OFWs? So like, for many of us, it's pretty obvious you get out of OFWs sending their, their remittances back home, and that's what the bulk of the, of the payments yeah. are for many of these homes. So, yeah, that's a bit more. I mean, what's the absorption rate right, for, for properties? Uh, so, I would say in economic... To middle market, you can easily say 90 to 100 uh, percent absorption in in a year. Meaning your projects will be sold 90 to 100 percent sold out within a year if it's in the middle and economic market. What are these price points of these middle? Yeah, and so I would say economic market uh, f- from as low as one million to 2.5 million, and middle market would be two and a half million to six million pesos. So when you look at this market, kasi one to six million pesos, why buy a car when you can buy a home? No, Parang, you know that that's the mentality, no. And and you you need to pay as low as five thousand a month to fifteen thousand a month in that market. What's that, diba? Parang, you know, uh, a household uh, two minimum wage uh, earners, uh, let, let's say, would earn a uh, combined twenty five thousand uh, per month. If they would allocate thirty percent of their income for housing, so they would have five to seven thousand to to buy the most affordable home. So I think that that's that's really the the dream, no? Parang my job is to find the best possible location for the most affordable type of project, no? Parang you know to to make sure home ownership reaches more Filipinos. So so you know, RJ, that's the basic uh, approach that we have, no? So I say high absorption, uh, economic to middle market, although. The higher end market also making a comeback now. You know, mga we're doing some beach condos or, but very prime locations are, are still very attractive to that higher end market as well. But many of the markets here right now are really subsidized by our OFW markets. I'm, I'm guessing maybe the condo product. Oh yeah, no, interestingly, maybe in our case, if it's a condo, I would say 
uh, 60% local, 40% OFW. Ah, really? No? Huh? So more, more local market. And then when it's housing naman, it's balikad. So it would be 40% local market, 60% OFW. But I would say, um, maganda kasi where we position for our viewers from Manila. When you say key city, Cebu, Davao, Cagayan, Bacolod, Iloilo, these are cities that are like regional hubs. no? So they also sell to neighboring cities. So if I'm in Davao, I would also send to to neighboring uh, towns and cities, actually. I yeah. see. I think a very interesting uh, the dynamic going on over there. Um, what areas are you most excited about right now in terms of development that, that you're seeing where there is that, that big discrepancy and that there is the ability to absorb uh, properties? Actually, all, all, I would, all those I mentioned. So, for example, Cagayan de Oro. So, if you're a developer in Cagayan, you're actually selling also to Bukidnon, Iligan, uh, as far as Valencia, because these buyers would send their, you know, would probably send their kids to universities in Cagayan de Oro, uh, or, or they would have their businesses also using distribution channels through Cagayan de Oro. So, for example, we have our township in Cagayan de Oro, um, in, in Manresa town. So it, it's located in, uh, it will be adjacent to the new University of Xavier Ateneo de Cagayan. And we're very excited. Um, there's that's 15 hectares of future development that we have, and we were gonna do it very green, very generously done, very responsibly planned. Um, and and no, to be very frank with you, and uh, our, some of our viewers in Kagaya know this, we're out of inventory. Meaning of the five projects I have there, like I have, I have, I'm fully sold out. So meaning I need to launch, I need to launch a new project in Kagaya de Oro, for example. So I really have zero, zero available units in Cagayan de Oro. Wow. And when, when you talk about development, because you know the, the way that it's perceived also as well as, as real estate developers, that you have to be as large as, as a CLI to develop real estate projects. But uh, from what I hear you say is that there's still opportunity even for smaller developers to, to develop. Uh, knowing that you guys are, my presumption is that you guys are generous, you know, saying, ah, we're going to take all the opportunities. What, what do you see? Are the opportunities open? For, for smaller or pocket developers, or what are the opportunities you see in general for in the real estate ecosystem to develop, especially in the provincial areas? This is where you were asking, now, what's about this man? You know, land cost is rising, but I would say it's, I, I would say uh, this is my good uh, insight now for viewers. So if Manila's most expensive land is, let's say, 1 million per square meter, Cebu's will be 70% less wow. no, than the highest. So and when you go to Cebu uh, and Davao, so I would say the most expensive Cebu would be 50% less in Davao. And then, so, I mean, there is a lot of, that's why it's nice to develop here because the costs are still, I would say, reasonable. So that meaning, meaning uh, the cost to acquire land, the cost to build uh, would be would be less, the, the labor costs a bit less. And then we have, you know, we have all these conveniences. The the Mactan I can see, still see from my office. It's forty five minutes away or one hour during traffic hours. So we have a very good balance of a lower cost of living, but high high quality of comfort. As I would say, you know, in the Vismin region, because um, uh, that's what we have. So I would say we can still acquire good housing land for one thousand to two thousand pesos per square meter. We just have to know where to find these uh, in, in the in the Vismin region. Uh, my story is uh, when my father did our, uh, our first subdivision in 2004, 
I think he afforded land at 100 pesos per square meter. Wow. Of course, you know, it's hard to find that nowadays, but you know, the, the equivalent of 100 pesos today would probably, you can still find good land for 800 pesos or, or, or 1,500 to 2,000 pesos per square. You need to find that relative of yours who, who's uh, <laughs> willing to work with this land, give you a good deal, no, and start there. <laughs> so what, what, what's next now for, for you guys? I mean, I, like I mentioned earlier on, uh, in the projects, you, what you've had this right now, you've had, uh, let me go through it again, 67 residential, six offices, 10 hotels, eight fixed use, three townships. I mean, that, that's really a lot to fathom. Uh, what, what's next for, for CLI in the next uh, five years? Wow, good question. Actually, we're having our strategic planning session next week. So I'm glad I, I will try to answer this uh, unscripted. No, but basically, we really have to ex- execute well. No? Meaning, uh, of course, I would say during the pandemic, there are obviously some delays. No? But we take pride now. We're the well, among the least delayed because we want to really bring the investment of people to them. Meaning, condos, we have to finish in less than four years. Housing, we have to finish in three years. That is CLI. So meaning... Uh, our goal now is really to deliver projects. So we actually have 11 projects now that we're turning over to buy 11. So I have to make sure that these are delivered very well. If they're punch lists when, when buyers inspect, our policy is we will continue to repair the unit until the buyer is fully satisfied. Now, that's a CLI signature uh, policy. Now, now we, we will really complete the unit as best as we can until the buyer accepts. No? So that's one. So our, our next Two years, really good execution, good delivery, uh, high ser- customer satisfaction. But of course, we're also moving into higher value developments. Like I said, township. We have Davao Global Township. We have our Manresa Town. We're having our, our big township here in Mandawe, Cebu. And then we're, we're delivering now our new product lines, like our hospitality hotels. We're, we're going to open our new malls in the next year or two. Uh, so we're going to have... From a housing developer, we're we're gonna be a more uh, diversified developer, no, in terms of operation. So I'll have a mall team, I'll have a, ho- a bigger hotel team, I'll have a resort team on top of our, you know, uh, big residential team. Yeah, that's the next three to five years. Very exciting uh, things to look forward to, and I'm sure the the, the Filipino homes team here listening here right now are, are excited for all the new projects. Uh, which are coming, and more, more importantly, they're looking forward to, to selling them as well and to marketing these projects. Now, yeah. Frank, it's been a really interesting discussion. I wish we could talk much, much longer than that one. But <laughs> you have a dinner we, to go to. <laughs> you know, but, aside, but aside from the dinner, um, as we said to wrap up, what I, what I want to find out, well, and again, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow at our national convention of the Subdivision and Housing Developers Association. Franco, if you were here to talk right now and you know share advice with the younger Franco Soberano, or at least you know, share advice with people, what you've gained over the couple of years working corporate, coming to the family business, growing it from one condo unit to several projects. What insight would you like to share with the up-and-coming business people that, that, that can help them also grow in their own businesses? Yeah, I think, uh, of course, first of all, make sure you uh, develop those technical skills. Because no? it's not enough to have the passion. You need to develop good technical skills, you know, finance, marketing, uh, sales, uh, uh, I would say law. So you, you have to start by having very good technical skills in the business. And then then I would say you go now to your heart. Parang what, what will wake you up in the morning? Well, what, what do you think will 
uh, you really want to make a difference in people's lives and find that business that will allow you to do that. So I found mine in real estate. It's a business where you can really um, generate a lot of jobs. You can uh, make families' lives better. And of course, uh, you you uh, can also enrich lives. Meaning I have now a big family in Sibulan Masters. We're 800 people and our goal is to make sure their lives are better with the work they're doing. Now, so, so, so wow. yun, uh, especially when the younger ones, you know, study, man, study, <laughs> work hard, and, and then it will keep opening doors. No? It's a step-by-step process. It will not happen overnight for sure. Just like RJ and I, we're hardworking people, but uh, of course staying grounded because you might think that you already made it, but wow, we're still so far from where we need to be. Just keep being grounded as well. Keep being humble. Keep being keep being humble. And again, I have to say this over here. I, I think that um, you know, um, the, the growth of CLI is really based on the strong values of, of faith and, and humility and family. That the sort of centeredness that you had was really what led to the growth of this one. Aside from, of course, the technical skills which your parents had. I mean, this is a lot of hard work. And, and what often tells people is that you know, um, what I like, what you know, what I like the stories I like the most when I when I do this podcast is people who come from nothing, but, you know, it's from their own hard work, you know, and, and they were able to just, you know, they've got a strong technical skill somewhere and then an opportunity came that way and they were able to, to make it something great and that's really what happened over here in Sibulang Master. So again, thank you so much, uh, Franco, uh, for the opportunity. Again, we look forward to this and for seeing tomorrow at the National Convention of the Subdivision and Housing Developers Association. For all those watching us live from all over the country, Philippine homes. Let's just give him a virtual round of applause. Again, Franco, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to everybody for joining us for the RJ Ledesma podcast. We will see you in the next podcast, guys. Thank you so much. See you around. Hey, everyone. Thanks, RJ. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 